Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. And this week is no different. Before I tell you about this week's guest, a little bit of admin for you. So if you are interested in learning how to podcast yourself, perhaps you have an idea for a show but don't know where to start, then head to bloodyvegansproductions.com and you can book yourself a one-to-one training session. Or if you would like to outsource the project, you can, of course, book yourself on a free consultation to talk a little bit further about what it is that you would like to do all kinds of things on bloodyvegansproductions.com for the budding podcaster Um, so head there if you are interested in that world Uh, but let's get into the uh, the episode at hand and this week's guest I was delighted to be joined by Ray Dehaney he is the founder of VE Kitchen which is a a restaurant a plant-based restaurant based in Clapham uh, Northcote Road to be specific Um, and it is um, really unique um, unique insofar as not only is the uh, menu itself unique in that it is incredibly healthy uh, as well as all plant-based and so on and so forth and it is a, it is a pretty unique menu it's, it's really awesome um, but uh, the restaurant itself is uh, run on a hundred percent green uh, energy electric energy at that so most commercial kitchens uh, as some of you may know uh, run on gas cookers gas burners um, ve kitchen is all electric um, not only that but they are completely plastic free as well even down to when you place an order via a, um, a courier service such as Deliveroo or just eat or whoever you, you use um, you don't get plastic with your order so your condiments come in little glass bottles and things like that it's, it's really incredible uh, the the depth uh, of thought that Ray has put into the restaurant, and it and it's quite it's quite remarkable. So um, it's a conversation with with Ray. I should give you a little disclaimer. Um, we did have some audio issues, um, so um, uh, bear with us. There's a there's a noisy kitchen in the background uh, fr- from uh, Ray's side. Um, you you can hear him really well though, of course. Um, uh, but just to, just to let you know, uh, Ray's a very very busy man. Okay, <laughs> getting some of his time was was a real pleasure and a real honour. So uh, thank you uh, for listening. And uh, without further ado, here is a conversation between me and Ray Dehaney, the founder of V Kitchen. So, Ray, it would be great to get started with a little bit of your journey into the world of veganism. What's brought you here? Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. Being you know, Caribbean, Jamaican, young guy, enjoyed all sorts of wonderful food, meat, fish. Um, got really spoiled for all those incredible flavors. Um, but, you know, as you grow older, you realize that you have tolerances to certain things. And for one of those things, for, for me, suffering a little bit of IBS, you know, just that political bowel syndrome, mm-hmm. is that I realized that food had such a massive impact on how I felt, my moods, my, yeah. my physicality, being a little sports person as well, you know, being big and tall and strong and very athletic, uh, constantly needs to eat. Of course, when you're doing that all the time, if you're eating certain things all the time, your body either has a great tolerance for it or eventually becomes intolerant. And I suppose my first understanding of what it was 
to become a vegetarian, let alone a vegan, um, mm. was more about, you know, not everything we are told that is good for us is actually good for us. And so the first part of the journey comes with being ill, right? Loaded stomach, blah, 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 you know, drinking red wine or eating red meat. And I, I worked in a, a restaurant that I created, a French restaurant, and it was predominantly meat. Right, so there's lamb, and there's, 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 there's chicken, and there's beef. Beef is a big thing. And I suppose as I grew up and got older and older, and, and you know, fitness has always been really key for me. I wanted to find foods that made me fitter, that made me work better, more efficiently. Those you know, running, or the martial arts, that type of thing. Um, and I soon realized, quickly realized, when I got into my mid twenties, and I was really to my world of work, which is hospitality. So you know, I create and invent uh, concepts for bars, restaurants, clubs. Uh, that's my world. It's, it's, it's something that's grown over the years. And of course, with that understanding of what works for an environment, such as the place I'm in now, Beauty Kitchen, my restaurant, um, which is plant food, is what works for me. And I've over years, you, as much as you're stubborn, you start to cancel things out, right? Because of that process of elimination. And so for me, what I realized after maybe some years, let's say 10, 20, 30, you know, 40 years of age, um, you know, I've stopped eating red meat so 15, 16, 17 years ago, just down to chicken and fish, and then I stopped eating chicken and I just eating fish. Um, and then I'm doing lots of yoga because as we get older, we try different things and practice yoga. Yoga um, was a game changer, a true game changer. Um, and that game changing uh, mindset was about actually the more I eat meat, the more I was paying less attention, I suppose, to. Um, not just what's good for me, but what's also good for the environment, was, was the unhappier I became. In other words, there was mm. a, a conflict. And what's good about conflict is that you start to become introspective, you start to understand why, do, why doesn't this work for me anymore? Why do I feel crap when I eat this? Or, or why do I feel really bad when I'm looking at something that's alive and that's on my plate and it's dead? That's a piece of fish or something mm. else. And the journey happened because of health and fitness. Um, and, you know, when the body becomes too acid or too alkaline, things start to break down. Um, you, know, you, you start to get problems with bones and muscles and things that heal or, 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 or should we say, repair as well. And so I went deeper and understood why is this happening? You know, I've had a hip replacement. Uh, I was like really young. I don't have a hip replacement. I run all the time. I'm fit and healthy. And I realized that my body's too alkaline. Um, and so I got a little bit deeply into understanding the Ayurvedic principle of eating. And with one of their principles, and from a yogic point of view standpoint as well, there's this thing called you know, ahimsa. And ahimsa is about non-harming, right? And it's mm. about, about being conscious about trying to avoid harming other living creatures. And I think that's where my journey really started. So when I started practicing yoga on a regular basis, this is probably again, 15, 16 years ago, I could 
combination of substituting red meat because red meat was bad for my stomach, IBS. Um, I, I, I kind of quickly understood that, you know, there's this thing called karma, right? And karma could be really put down to things that are good for you, things that are bad for you. Because sometimes if it's bad for you, it's bad for other people, right? If it's good for you, it's good mm -hmm. for other people. Now, if that makes you happy, it might make other people happy. So I, I see things like karma as purely just aligned up and things and common sense. So as I started to practice more, more yoga, I realized I wanted to eat less and less meat. I wanted less. I didn't need it. I didn't have a desire for it. And over those few years, I, I realized I loved yoga so much that I wanted to become a teacher because I enjoyed the message of, look, there's a healthy mindset and it usually goes with a healthy body. And in that case, if you have a healthy mindset now, the body usually means emotionally you're much more stable because of those things you're in balance. Let's, let's eat food that makes you feel good. And so I stopped eating meat eight years ago when I became a yoga teacher. And the reason why it happened was because they said, look, when we go to this beautiful Shana Rover in place with empty devils, which is an amazing place, mm. not part of the week, mainland, a few hours from Athens, um, the coast, little sea town, Looks onto this amazing this, uh, 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 dormant volcano. So the energy there is amazing. And so we said, yes, we do. So we went. And before we went, I thought, okay, I'm going to just stop eating all meat, all fish, all dairy, everything, at least two months before I go, just to build myself up to it psychologically. And I did it. Of course, my family, my partner, she said, oh, you're not going to do this. And my mom said, oh, you're going to miss all this amazing food that I cook and everything else. And I was like, yeah, okay, I, I think I, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I stopped eating all animal products eight years mm. ago. Um, and it felt amazing. It felt incredible. And in my first week of my yoga training, teacher training, um, I crashed. And so this is this thing that happens that when you um, take away certain things from your body that your body's used to, like People who stop smoking, people who you know, stop taking drugs, whatever, they have those withdrawal symptoms. I really crashed, and somebody had a pea protein powder, mm -hmm. and they said, have some of this, and I felt so much better. So my journey started, really started, having a vegan understanding. And what vegan means, and I often, you know, for example, in my restaurant now, I say, it's, it's, we're a plant food kitchen diner. I'm not a... Um, a vegan restaurant because I think it has unfortunately connotations and maybe certain attachments to a certain militant way of being um, and this militant way of being this purest the puritanical way of not to eat anything and respect all animals and for me it's 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 about well actually look no let's look at what we do we eat plants every day all the animals the world eats, they all eat plants every day. And any vegan and anybody watching this that has an inkling or, or, or an understanding about what veganism is about is that, you know, we, we use most of our land in this world. We used to just farm uh, wheat and, and cereals and any other vegetables that get us all alive. And now a large portion of that land is used to grow. Seven of vegetables, mostly soya, and then it's basically like Brazil, 
different parts of the world where the cut cutaways sways the forests um, and jungles so that that soya can feed animals and feed cows so that we can eat keep eating the billions of cows and the billions of chickens and pigs. So for me, once I started to really deep dive, so I had a deep dive when I was a yoga teacher, becoming a yoga teacher, um, and I was shocked. And the shock of how we get our food to our table, what happens to the animals, the shock of how much land is used to grow food that we never eat, but actually all the animals in the world eat. And then the shock of how much waste product comes from those animals that runs into our rivers and our seas and our waters, and how their hormones they are fed so that they can become humongous animals, much bigger than they normally would, so that the economy of scale for the farmer is much greater, meant that those very hormones then enter into our water system, into our drinking system, um, and start to change some of the other creatures in the world, um, higher levels of estrogen, lower levels of testosterone. Um, and so this whole impact made me realize that our all the entire ecosystem is all connected, it's all interconnected. And yes, with the likes of the David Attenborough of the world, they, they paint this amazing, true, frightening, very incredible picture of just how fragile we are as earthlings, you know, and every animal we creature is an okay. So yeah, um, the interconnectedness of the food we eat, the creatures that we um, have depended on, the land that they need, the water that we drink, and their waste that goes into that water and the way those chemicals that they are given to fatten them up, to make them bigger, to help them reproduce quicker, that runs off and that goes into our system. We wonder why we have all these problems that seem to just propagate and become greater and greater as we seem to move on in our very clever world of health and medicine. Yet we seem to be suffering with horrible diseases, the cancers, and various other things. And it's all connected, and because of the likes of David Attenborough, because of other great, you know, shall we say, investigators or, or, or earthlings that want to go, look, let's reveal the blanket of the cover, let's actually show people what's really going on here, right? And it's just because you eat one animal and you're not going to bother how it gets here, well, that's fine, it's a great way of good. But you also realize what it does to the, to the planet, what it's doing to your environment where you are, how far that food has to travel to, 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 to have you know, a, a great meal that night. So, being a yoga teacher, becoming a, a shall we say, a vegan in the most part, the time where I crave certain things, and I, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't be a purist and say I'm vegan 24-7. I would say my aspirational lifestyle is to always move to the um, and to the end. You know, that's this is why I, I created with my business partner, Sunil, this plant food kitchen diner. 
right? It's, it's how can we help change a story? How can we help change a narrative? Well, literally, can you do it at a time? You do it with your platform, with people who are really passionate, really care um, about our environment, our world, and our bodies. And I think the two are interlinked. I think one of the biggest gaps that we have is that we don't realize that the health of our body is connected to the health of our, our planet. Um, and the easiest way to really bridge that gap is through food, simply. And when people have seen all these, you know, cowspiracy and uh, the other one about the seas, you know, um, seaspiracy, where, where people realize, oh my God, I eat that? No way. And, and, or how a cow gets to you, especially if it's halal or, or, or if it's kosher. You know, and if you ever watch that documentary, if anybody out there ever watched that documentary, Cowspiracy, well, that kind of really changed me forever. I realized I couldn't, I couldn't sit comfortably eating a plate of food, no matter what a creature went through, just so that I could have a nice bit of steak on Saturday night, Friday night, Monday, whatever it was. And it, um, that kind of stopped me. That was a real game changer for me in my journey. Realizing that we spend humongous billions of pounds, dollars, whatever it is, yen, rubles, on killing animals, on feeding animals, on taking away land that could be given to others to actually grow food food so they can actually survive because they can't afford meat. They don't have the luxury of meat if we go in there, right? And in fact, meat was a thing that was a luxury. Now it's become a mainstay. In fact, meat is cheaper than plant food, let's face it. I'm going to a supermarket today and I pay more for my plant food than I do for a piece of meat. That must tell you something. That must tell you how wrong it is. That must demonstrate just how the status quo and what it means to be you know, a first world citizen, you know, the ability to have what you want whenever you want, in whatever quantity you want. That's got to tell you we're seriously out of balance. So, I am really passionate uh, about the virus. In my restaurant, I do things such as um, when I opened it, I did deliberately said, We're not going to have gas, so we don't do gas. I opened a kitchen, a commercial kitchen without gas. It's an all-electric kitchen. People went, excuse me, are, are you um, are you, are you there? Well, here's reasons why it works, right? It works because, uh, notwithstanding what's going on in the world today, and, and energy supplies, and, and the terrible atrocities that are going on in the name of someone's own misguided ego and, and perception of what they think is great. Um, we eat green energy and, and it's wind and power and waves and yes there is a company with funny little tentacles that we don't eat called octopus as well um that, that that supply our energy and i did a lot of investigation into who are those companies who truly are the green companies and they truly are we went to a couple of companies before one couple had gone bust and i said i want green i just want an electric kitchen where does the energy come from oh, great sign here and so that was the beginning of our ve kitchen which is vegan every day um, and that journey, I said, well, okay, how, how, how true can I be? How true can I make it, but it's still commercially viable? And this is the trick. This is the difficulty here. Right? So the real rub <laughs> to be 
caring, to be considerate, to be aware, to be clever, to be smart, um, to be compassionate. Um, it takes such a humongous effort because the, the way business and commerce is set up, it is still against you in regards to truly achieving a business that is sustainable, that, 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 that has all, that allows you to have all of those elements in place so that your foundation of your business, whether, whatever your business is, whether it's an office building, whether it's a restaurant, uh, uh, whether it's a clothing shop, you know, my partner's in clothing, that's her business, she's uniforms for bars, restaurants, hotels, all around the world. You know, where do those things come from? That's the first thing. You know. Um, what what are the sacrifices that had to be made in order for you to have that thing delivered to you? And then how do you make it? Uh, as I said, I think we're now at a point where we, we kind of we see through the all the marketing. I think we understand that we can change if we really want to. We can eat much healthier, uh, have a much healthier diet. We can eat less animals. We can actually do things that make a difference when we recycle something, as we do, you know, recycle everything, whether you use, choose, choose to use green energy, whether you choose to um, use less plastic in the world, period. You know, that's one of those terrible, invisible crimes that's constant. And it's constant because we like convenience. And once we move away from convenience and then move away to things that actually might take a little bit more time, but time well worth spent on pursuing a way of life that actually in the end will give us much more satisfaction, will give us a greater sense of quality, uh, a real sense of worthwhile effort. Um, and hopefully our kids, I've got three kids, you know, they correct me, we correct each other on how we go about putting our world together, how we go about our daily you know, disposable things we no longer want or no longer use. And yes, there are all these other wonderful platforms that go give us your stuff, we resell it and reuse it. And I think that's also incredible. Um, and I think the more we do that, is then the more we realize actually new isn't always best, uh, or isn't necessarily where it's at. Quicker is just a quick road to, 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 to misery. Um, and I say that by you know, this digitalized world we live in. When I teach yoga, I talk about opening the back of your neck because we're like this the whole time. We've digitalized our body. And so, you know, there are all these people are having all these back problems and they're constantly doing this. And it's a result of us being so concerned about the now and the tomorrow um, that, 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 that we're forgetting actually we're in the now. Let's, let's live it now, let's, let's slow it down. And so this interconnectedness of what we eat, how we eat it, why we eat it, what good it is for us. 
all impacts on how we live our daily lives, how quickly we do things, how patient we are, how, how intolerant we are, not just of our own in, say, indecisiveness, boastful actually, it's good to take your time to think about this. I think when we're fearful, that's when we make change. Um, you know, such as the politics of the day, we kind of want to pay more attention to who we vote for going forward if we suddenly think the people that are in control of our, our world and environment are making such drastic mistakes that it, it directly affects our everyday. And I think that the vegan or the plant food awareness um, is in some respects has come about because of fear, right? People are frightened. COVID came along and people realized just how unhealthy they were. People realized just how healthy they could be. People realized that maybe a little bit less of those guilty pleasures, the meat, the sugars, the sweets, the alcohol, the cigarettes, whatever, actually might help them, their immune system, be a little bit stronger. If your immune system is a little bit stronger, it might mean that they, their body has the tools or the best tools in place to help them fight any dreaded bacterial virus disease that comes our way. Maybe we've got a better chance of staying stronger and getting through it. So it's out of fear, I think, that the plant food revolution has really um, gone into overdrive, if you like. Fear and, and, and money, right? Commerce, let's face it. So now all these wonderful huge companies like the McDonald's, they've got, you know, the Burger Kings, Proto Monchet, um, you know, all well meaning, but all looking after their shareholders as well. And as that guy said, well, you've got to pay attention to the belly, the health, your biome, your bacteria, which means you've got to eat more plants. You've got to eat more plant, it means we need more plant. Let's let's sell more plants. Yeah, let's let's sell plant food. Let's just do yeah, let's let's ride that wagon. Let's let's make everybody aware that we're waving the flag, we're with you, we're running behind you, but no, you're not running behind us, you're watching us run. Uh, like a marathon, took very well, you know, cheering on the marathon runner, but would you run twenty six point two four miles, whatever it is? Most people wouldn't do that. Most people think it's crazy. Most people go, Why would you do that anyway? Well, you do it if you're going to die younger, you do it. And you might do it if you're going to make a crap load of money. So I do have a slight love-hate with some of the newer ways of veganism. Um, and or the way it's presented, the way veganism is presented today. This, all these clever people, these clever bots, you know, the Beyond Meat, the Moving Mountains, and, and, and Plant Burgers. Don't get me wrong. It's all great. It's all part of the conversation because we all love to have um, a dummy in the mouth. If you can't have the nipple or suck the thumb, if you can't have to suck the thumb and smoke a cigarette, if you can't smoke a cigarette and suck a lollipop, if you can't suck a lollipop, eventually you'll maybe take something for a straw and it's a drink and it's a milk. And if you can't do that, well, you're going to feel a little bit lost and you don't know what to do with your fingers, right? Mm. And this replacement of meat. I think it's I think it's a good thing to change the way people think, but I think it also has to be very careful in that it doesn't create a false narrative. 
And I think that false narrative is beginning to take hold and also beginning to be kind of seen for what it is, which is it's mm. it's just a temporary fix. It's something that gives us a degree of comfort today so that we're able to cross that bridge and move into a real truly better way of living and eating. So yeah, that sort of conditioning, I suppose, that we need to have meat and therefore the emergence of all these incredible companies that are creating processed foods to help us make that transition. Um, and I think we'll make the transition, I think we would have made it naturally anyway, because eventually you know, our bodies tell us what it needs. And it also tells you what you don't need. And if you pay enough attention to it, especially when you become ill, maybe with cancer or stomach problems or whatever it might be, um, you change your diet. People change their diet when they become scared and they're full of fear and they think something terrible might happen. And the same way we've stopped smoking over the years in this country and in most of the Western countries are not really moved on to that non smoking, but they realize how damaging it is. I think eating meat will eventually go the same way. There will be more, and there is more and more mountain evidence every, every year that comes that, that meat creates so many problems within the body. Um, especially the type of meat that we eat based on uh, the hormones and the way animals are farmed. Um, so, the processed meat world, all these wonderful companies, I think, great, well done, amazing, amazing, amazing. I think it just helps the whole conversation, but it makes it a reality, it makes it an easy road to transition. Ray, I know you said that you, you want to normalize what you're doing, but I, I must say, I think you're, you're, you are creating an incredible like ripple in the pond with what you're doing. Well, thank you, Jimmy. No, thank you. It's, um, it's, it's really good to be able to kind of, you know, talk about the, the reasons why you do something as opposed to just, oh, yeah, you've got a restaurant, yeah, that's what you do. Um, yeah. um, but, but the why behind it, I think it's, 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 it's the driver, right? Um, yeah makes a big difference thank you man appreciate it really appreciate it really appreciate it thank you Ray.